from the fabulous and famous Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel in Dublin, Ireland. You're listening to the award-winning What's the Story podcast. Now, here's your hosts, Danny Murray and Graham Merrow Merrigan. Hello and welcome along to chapter 32. 32. Chuckadel or What's the Story podcast. My name is Danny Murray and his name is Graham Merrow Merrigan. What's up? How are you, man? Sensational. Beautiful. We're coming to you from the beautiful, beautiful surroundings of Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel in the heart, the heart of beautiful South Dublin, the picturesque Cliney. It's one of my favourite places in the world, Cliney. Cliney here looking down on... That view from the Vico, just five minutes from here, not even, a couple of minutes, on a nice summer day, walking up that road and looking out. Looking down uh, on Cliney Beach? Yeah, out towards Bray. Docky Island? Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, Not I like that view. I also like the view from Cliney Hill looking down Dublin City. I was going to say the view that you get from up here if yeah, you come to Cliney Castle. Yeah, when yeah. you're up here and you're having a few points and you have a bit of dinner. Or, you know, if you're up here and it happens to be during the month of February, Graham, if you book a party in the Dungeon Bar during the month of February and receive a complimentary finger food for all your guests. So, basically, bring a session up here. For the rugby. Six Nations. Yeah. Duh. In the dungeon bar, complimentary finger food for everybody. Who doesn't like a bit of finger? I love finger food. Me and Danny might be there as well. Do you know what I love about finger food? In, in particular, like... You don't have to clean knife and fork. That That is a, a winner. I love the cocktail sticks where you can just stab and grab. <laughs> stab and grab. Stab and grab. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of cocktail sausages. Brilliant. So there you go, folks. Look, we're in association with Patrick's Hotel. and It's a great spot. And obviously, look, come up here. Join the month of February. Book your party. Complimentary finger food for all your guests in the dungeon bar. Well worth it. Check them out. Great party people. of how many are? Just book a party. Yeah, finger food for all your guests, it says. Deadly. So, it's a win-win, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Do you ever put um, Thai sweet chilli sauce on cocktail sausages? <laughs> you know, you ever put, Graham, we bathe in Thai sweet chilli sauce. <laughs> Do you? I love sweet chilli sauce, man. It's massive, isn't it? Yeah. Look, it, you it get the big plastic, plastic bottles of it. I remember years ago, my uncle Ray went to Thailand, and it was the first person I know I I I known to have gone to Thailand, and he came back with like a big plastic bottle of Thai sweet chili sauce. He came back from Thailand. With yeah, it. like this is probably was it not on sale over here? This is ninety nine two thousand. I hadn't seen it. I'm gonna actually say my uncle Ray Ray Clark Jr. brought Thai sweet chili <laughs> sauce into Ireland. So all the toy restaurants that had been in operation that you probably had never eaten in, they probably had gallons of it out the back. But he, he they didn't know about it. But Uncle there was no Ray. toy, there was no toy restaurants until Uncle Ray came home from Thailand. Did he start a toy restaurant franchise? Well, he he brought the the plastic um, kind <laughs> the of plastic bottle of the toy plastic sweet bottle toy sweet chili sauce over from Bangkok from his adventures, and uh, you know everyone was like, where, where did Ray Clark get the yeah. toy sweet chili from? That's Should that's what happened, and then and then someone said, someone was talking. This is what happened. Okay. Someone was talking to a toy person, and said, "Did do you know Ray Clark brought over toy sweet chili sauce from his adventures in Thailand?" He said, "Oh Jesus, I might open up a toy restaurant." And then, uh, before you know it, three years later, they're everywhere. And then Tesco's have toy sweet chili sauce everywhere. Is this factually correct? Would I get this on Wikipedia with sources? Um. Or Wikipedia without. You get it on What's the Story chapter thirty two. <laughs> Which will be on Wikipedia. And it's coincidental as well. Cause Here, why don't we have a Wikipedia? Um, I don't know. What are podcasts have Wikipedias? Do they? Lads, hook a brother up. Somebody out there start a Wikipedia for us. And uh, feel free to make it up. And essentially, we will verify whatever you make up. <laughs> so then you can put a little reference in it. And Wikipedia thinks it's official. And then talk about the story when Ray Clark brought Toy Sweet Chili Sauce to, the, to Ireland. That could be a whole subsection of it. Do you know the way you can click into the... Yeah. Do you know what's a great game to play? What? Do you know six degrees of separation? Yeah, yeah. Right? Doing that with Wikipedia, but reduce it to five, because it's internet and everything's on internet. Right. But you've only got five clicks to get from one topic to another. And the idea is to make them as obscure as possible. Give me an example. Michael Collins, the candy floss. Excuse me? Yeah, Michael Collins, the candy floss. What do you mean? So you start on the page for... Michael Collins. Exactly. Right. And you have to use no, le- no more than five clicks. Do you know why all Wikipedia articles have hyperlinks? I thought you had nail varnish on your fingers there. No, just really thought, shiny now. I thought I was having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not wearing nail varnish. I am not wearing a nail varnish. Sorry, go on. Sorry, yeah. So do you know why every article on Wikipedia would have hyperlinks? Yeah. 
So that's the bit in blue. Yeah. Yeah. So using them, you can only use hyperlinks that are in the article. So you can't use them in the references and right. you can't use them on the photos. has to be in the article. Using no more than five clicks, get to the other topic. So you start on Michael Collins. Very good. And you have to get the candy floss. It can be done. There's a challenge at home for people who just want to do it. Do you know what? Look, quick competition, random. First person to do it and send us proof. So take a screen grab, a screen grab, screen grab. Screen grab. Show us how you've done it in five clicks. And uh, we'll give you a brand new t-shirt. Yes, our brand new t-shirt's coming soon. Yeah, we have uh, we have merchandise coming. Lads, lads wait till you see our new logo. They'll be seeing it now because it's going with this oh, yeah. It's going with this chapter. Lads, what do you think of the new logo? Yeah, let us know what you think of the new logo also. Um, I think we look great. <laughs> what was I do you know you? Um, what going? Ray Clark Sr. brought into Ireland? Piri Piri sauce. In Portugal, like he's he goes to Portugal well, for see, see the first, first person to go to Portugal and bring back. Nando's, yeah, he Nando's brought Piri Piri sauce. Not Nando's Piri, just proper here, do you, do you proper Portuguese Piri Piri. Just to, to go back to, to Ray Clark Junior for yeah. a moment. Do you think maybe somewhere in Thailand there's a, a Thai person who came over here, maybe stayed in the beautiful surroundings of Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel, <laughs> and found Guinness steak sauce and brought that back to Thailand? And somewhere in Thailand right now, there's a bar. That serves Guinness with a steak and Guinness steak sauce. No, because my lineage was shooting at down. <laughs> my my lineage is special. Oh, so that was just like because as I said, Ray Clark Senior brought Perry Perry to Ireland. He's actually responsible for all the Nando's upstarts. Oh, was he? Yeah, did you not know that? I did not. We yeah. need a Wikipedia to tell me all this. Again. Essentially, what I'm going for there. Yeah, these stories from me the last yeah. 10 minutes may be factual, may be fictional. It's up to you to decide. Yeah, just like with hashtag general election 16, maybe factual, maybe fictional. <laughs> it's up to you to decide, isn't it? Uh, just to touch on that, a uh, quick update. The next chapter of WTS Pod, What's Story Podcast, will feature a number of candidates from the Dunleary constituency um, and they'll basically be telling you why you should vote and that episode will be going out um the Sunday before polling day. So you'll have five days to listen to it and it might sway you, you never know. But look, we're just there's, trying there's to There's plenty of don't knows out there anyway. There is, yeah. I'm one of them. So you never know, somebody might sway me in the topic of conversation that we have with them. Anyway, um on with this chapter. Uh we're gonna be joined shortly by No way. What? Big news. What? Not the way we've been talking about Donald Trump and all lately. Yeah. Did you see he absolutely romped home in uh, New Hampshire in the American primaries? Yeah, I did. Is, is that worrying or? I think it's brilliant. You think it's brilliant, but you think it's brilliant in the comedy from, sense. It's from a satire. Enter, from an entertainment point of value, exactly. Like come that. on, America, you're better than this. Don't elect that absolute cabbage. Ah, come on. He's not a cabbage. If I, if I had to compare Donald Trump to a vegetable, it would be a turnip. <laughs> the coloration if you turn a torn up upside down it's got that kind of purpley glow and it's got then that kind of beigey yellowy texture of his hair kind of thing remember he was at Wrestlemania I do remember he was at Wrestlemania yeah. wasn't that in a shave, shaved the head match with yeah. Vinnie Mac Vince Vince God McMahon got his head shaved <laughs> Vince and God McMahon got his head shaved that was fine um, yeah I do remember that vaguely what he, he won the, the, the what was it was the, it Umaga the, versus the Lashley isn't Umaga dead? Hope so. They buried him. Umaga <laughs> 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 against oh, Bobby that's, that's, Lashley. That's ill taste, but hilarious. Well done. And uh, I think Stone Cold might have been the special ref. Anyway, yeah. Winner loser got their head shaved, and winner took control of WWE. So the Donald was in charge of the WWE. W- yeah, and uh, every night, every night he showed up. Th- the the ceiling would just let loads of dollars. No way. Yeah, to be dollars just like confetti. That's amazing. Uh, go on to Donald. Go on to Donald. But yeah, he yeah. won, and and Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, who you you seem to have a little bit of a yeah uh, love in with at the moment. Yeah, I'm gonna give my back into Bernie Sanders. If if I have any influence in America at all, I'm back in Bernie Sanders. Yeah, we do have a couple of people in America listening to us. Anto. By a couple, I mean, like, actually a good few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned Anto there. Anto, how are you? Great bloke. Met him in Vegas last year. Um, Autumn and Gav over on the West Coast. Oh, yeah. They, uh, they they follow us on the Twitter as well. So, you know, 
Lads, let us know what 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 do you say? Because we're over here paying attention, not on the telly box. But in truth, we're we're not. You know, I'm the, looking the, at it kind of uh, kind of saying, "No, please don't do this." And I remember yeah. actually, I remember being old enough. Well, old enough. When was Bush? Two thousand and one. Uh, ninety-eight. I want to say, or was it two thousand? Well, I was in I was in secondary school, but I remember thinking. You know, I remember. Yeah, it had to be in. What's the American president? Uh, five-year term. Four. It was two thousand and one. Well, didn't no, it be two thousand? He the election was two thousand, and then he went. He got elected in two thousand and one because Obama this. got elected in two thousand and eight or two thousand and nine. Two thousand and eight. No, yeah, you're right. Two thousand and eight. Anyway, yeah, I remember because yeah, yeah, you're, you're you know what, you're right because Obama was away in twenty twelve and in twenty sixteen for this election. So, yeah, okay. And Bush was in charge of when September 11th happened. That's right, he was, yeah. So, yeah, and he was only in office nine months. Yeah, yeah. Look at us, man. We figure it out. Give me a fist bump. Yes, man. La, 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 la. Uh, Um, Anybody who's watched Big Hero 6 might get that reference. He was, um, I remember when he was on his campaign, and I remember watching on in secondary school thinking, they can't put this man in. And he got two terms. He did. So I'm thinking <laughs> the way it's looking now, Trump might get in. He might. I'm telling you, it'd be great crack. All for for the 15 minutes that the world will survive. All jo- Yeah, I was going to say, all joking aside, like how good or bad is that going to be? I don't know. Can you imagine the first meeting between him and Vladimir Putin? I don't like, even want to re- think about it. Yeah. Realistically, can you imagine somebody as mental as <laughs> the Donald going in? In the heart of Moscow, and walking up to Vladimir Putin with his little dog Coney beside him. But some of the stuff he has said, like, have been so insulting to oh, yeah. sections of America. But you have to remember, there's an awful lot of people who that might appeal to. It's crazy, isn't it? It's madness. But anyway, look, that's enough of that. Um, on, Bernie Sanders. On, on to uh, our guest this week. Yeah, um, Big T. Big T. I call everyone Big T. Anybody, their name's Tony. Yeah, I was going to say, anybody <laughs> with the name Tony, you call Big T. Um, our guest this week is Tony Hinchcliffe, um, who some of you may not be familiar with, and a lot of you might be very familiar with. To give you an idea, um, anybody who listens to the Joe Rogan experience definitely knows who Tony Hinchcliffe is, a.k.a. the Golden Pony. Um, if you have the Netflix, you might have noticed that he has a special that came out back in January called One Shot. Um, he has his own podcast called Kill Tony and if you watch any of the Comedy Central roasts so the roast of Justin Bieber the roast of Charlie Sheen any of those Tony Hinchcliffe one of the chief writers on that so you'd be quite familiar with his work whether you know him or not and tonight you're going to get to know him a little bit better uh, he'll be joining us a little bit later on from the west coast of America I'm looking forward to talking to him yeah I wonder he's, who he's, he's going to be voting for we can ask him yeah definitely yeah we can ask him um, but yeah, Tony Hinchcliffe uh, joined us shortly. Looking forward to that one. Um, that is um, his Netflix. Uh, one shot. One shot's very good. I enjoyed uh, it. Um, I, I I particularly enjoy his bit about Bruce Buffer and Michael Buffer. Yeah, very <laughs> funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Check but him out. Look, just yeah, because I don't want to see. That's the thing about a comedian. If you if you if you say the best bits. But my question was going to be to you. Oh, okay. Like any aspiring comedian. Yeah, would should watch that. I think because I think so. Talk to us about your experience in comedy. Yeah, I think we talked about it before on the podcast. But um, did we? I think so. I'm briefly, sure. briefly, yeah. Um, I I had a brief stint, flirt, um, dance, romance, one night. No, it wasn't one night. <laughs> Um, it was more than one. Yeah, we didn't get married and divorced, but we had a relationship for a while, me and stand up comedy. Yeah. Um, we used to do a few gigs. Was it was it pressure? What was what pressure? Like material? No, I don't think so, no. Um, I never felt. Like, I died on my arse a few times, and I think all comedians do. And, and you just laugh at yourself then? You have to. Some of the best fun you have is a night where you bomb, and the guys at the back of the room, the other comedians, and you go back, like. They feel awkward for you, but you know, like, look, everybody's done this, so all it takes is one person to kind of make a joke about it, and then you're grand, you move on, like, you know, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it, it was weird, I just, I done it for about three or four years, and, like, look, I'm not saying I done brilliant or anything, but I done all right, you know, I'd made a few bob off. You supported Joe Rooney. Uh, Joe Rooney, Andrew Maxwell, uh, Pat McDonald, not Pat McDonald Painter, Pat McDonald from Supermax, uh, Father, <laughs> who was he in Father Ted? Father Damo. 
No, that was Joe Rooney. Oh, Joe Rooney. Uh, I've no Willie. Him. Which uh, one was he again? Uh, Owen McLove. Owen McLove. That, he wasn't a father at all. He was no, Owen McLove. he's Owen McLove. Yeah, you know. I've no um, Willie. I've no Willie. Um, you know, done one or two in the, the international bar, that, that kind of thing. Done a thing at a laughter lounge. Like, yeah, it was great and all, but... Did you um, did you base your style on anyone? Like who 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 would only be who would be your favorite comedians? I remember when I was really young, we da bought a VHS video of Billy Connolly live and erect for thirty years, and he watched it and I watched it with him, and I remember him laughing so hard. It, all the jokes in my head. I was too young to understand a lot of it, but uh, he was laughing so hard. I was like in my head. I'd love to make somebody laugh like that. So I used to watch that Billy Connolly thing so much that I'd memorise the stuff. Yeah. And I'd go out and say it to my mates. But of course, they were all the same age as me. So they didn't understand. They didn't understand, it, yeah. yeah. But if we were at like a family do or something like that, or we went over to my aunties or something like that, I'd always try one of them sort of gags or jokes or stories. Really? On. Yeah. And then when somebody laughed, that was the buzz, you know. And then in school, I'd always try to have a little bit of a crack. And, you know, you, you would like... It's weird. Laughter is infectious. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. if you can get a room of 30 people to laugh, you'll want more. Do you know what I mean? It's a weird little kind of... It, it's it, This almost sounds megalomaniac or something, but it, it, it's <laughs> you kind of love that feeling of like, I'm making this happen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So You're allowed to, you're allowed to enjoy that. Of course you are, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I'm, I'm aware there's no place for egos and you don't want to be a bell end about it. Yeah, but you're allowed to enjoy the moment of someone laughing at your joke or your material yeah. that you've written. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Mm. Or in, in the case of my youth, not written and robbed from Billy Connolly live in a for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is with um, watching VHSs back in the day or DVDs yeah. now or YouTube clips of com- comedians, I've watched... Chris Rock on DVD I've watched Billy Connolly on DVD yeah I've, I've seen both of them on live and I'm probably going to shock people but their live performance really disappointed me did you not like Billy Connolly live? I think I had such a high expectation that it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I've got to see Billy Connolly live five times now and you love them every time Every and sometimes like Billy's old now you know what I mean yeah. and he has his Parkinson's now doesn't yeah. he yeah, I love bless, him. God bless him. Yeah, um, shout out to Billy Connolly, I suppose, yeah. and hope you're doing all right, Bill. Not that you're listening, but if if somebody is listening, like just the past in case, yeah, Bill. But uh, yeah, like he's uh, how would you describe? Like he's um, I I hate to think of a world without Billy Connolly. Yeah, if I'm being honest, and uh, similar to me, I'd hate to be in a world without Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah, which is you know n- neither one is a flawless character. No. Each of them has their faults. They've said things that maybe they shouldn't have said. They've done things that maybe they shouldn't have done. But you know what? They're human. They make mistakes. And that's that's kind of part of it. But yeah, I've seen Billy Connolly live five times. And despite the fact that you're hearing some of the same stories again, I still laugh every yeah. time. I have I've, that feeling. I have that infectious uh, kind of response to listening to Peter Kay every time yeah, I watch yeah. Peter Kay no matter how many times I've t- many times I've heard any of his stories um, I just get the fitted get the fitted of giggles yeah P- he's, 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 he has to be the funniest man on the planet in my, in my he, way he's absolutely brilliant yeah and it's weird I came to Peter Kay quite late I've only started watching Peter Kay in the last maybe two and a half years yeah my dad now got me started with Phoenix Nights yeah Phoenix yeah. Nights is sensational television but yeah, look. You haven't watched Phoenix Nights. I haven't. No, I've watched Car Share and I've watched Car Share is hilarious. Car Share is brand. I like Car Share, and I can't remember the other one I watched with Peter Kay. But um, I've seen him live, and I remember going to see him, and it said like at the start there'd be an intermission, an hour and fifteen in. Yeah, I remember saying, "Jesus, what's the point in an intermission?" But honestly, you need it because your jaw is in bits from laughing. You, you need that you need break. a break from laughing. It's I think it's a brave thing as well of a comedian to do because you've built momentum. You've yeah. built all this laughter in the room. You once you have somebody giddy, all you have to do like you could hold up a finger and the laugh. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So for you to have the, the, the rocks to turn around and be like, you know what, you've been laughing so hard, I'm going to stop here. <laughs> I'm going to let you take a rest. You're going to be tired. I'm going to come back out and make you laugh. Make you laugh more. again, yeah. That's a hard thing to do. Oh. And that's why often, like, uh, at comedy nights or, or open mic nights even, the spots that are the worst are opening spot and the spot after the break. They are graveyards, man. Really? Because 
the opening spot, it, like, yeah, sure, the MC will come out and he'll do a little bit and all that, but it's still on you, like, you know what I mean? The MC's job is to get the crowd just tickled. It's your job to make them absolutely wet themselves. So, do you remember you emceed that gig in the, the graduate? Geez, it was just that was going back a while, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was just after the, the it was like the new graduate was open. Yeah, and you were the <laughs> you said in case of a fire, <laughs> <laughs> and then you were, and you actually didn't mean it at yeah. all. You were looks like folks just let you know the exes are just in case of a fire, and everyone just broke their shy laughing. <laughs> the graduate was only open a month or yeah. something. Well, there you go. See, sometimes the best things are completely unintentional. Like, yeah. and like, I, I, part of the thing I used to love doing was just talking to people. Like, I had, you know, routines or gags or whatever you want to call them. But I used to love actually just talking to people because nine times out of ten, the people out there are a million times funnier than I am on a stage yeah. with a microphone. That's what with Mo- Michael McIntyre, I can take him or leave him, but there he does have some great interactions with the crowd. Um, or even that show uh, Night at the Apollo mm. the, yeah. the, the interaction with the audience is priceless when they find out what they are Darrell O'Brien Jesus his interactions with people like the yeah, Darrell O'Brien is a master of crowd uh, work he's like, master crowd work he, got, he goes to some guy what did you do or what, what have you done yeah Turned out he was the young lad in the in the Milky Bar ads. I remember that was on one of his DVDs. Unbelievable! It? But what he's really good at as well, then, is that like he he does all that at the start, then he does his actual bit at the end of the show. He ties it all together beautifully. Yeah. Telly Wells is very good at it as well, and some people don't like him. I personally love him, and he's a gent. Jason Bourne. Oh, I love Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne is a maniac, but he he's just brilliant with how he, he reacts to the ah. crowd. Like the crowd will do something, and he'll be like. Now, hang on a minute and just yeah. and zone in on that and I went the same at the festival last the, the comedy festival yeah. in the Ivy Gardens last summer I've seen him a few times now I was just laughing yeah he's the stories he tells about oh, you know friend. I went to see him um, my girlfriend got us uh, tickets to go see him she thought she was booking for Baker Street but she booked it for like Dundalk or Drada or something right? <laughs> so he said look we'll make, it, make a weekend of, we headed up stayed in the D hotel bom, right? which, bom, bom. Um, which isn't as good as this venue might I add <laughs> but um, we went up and he was there it was almost like a community centre it was kind of weird like. but the start of his show uh, the song before he came out on stage was Miley Cyrus Wrecking Ball and he comes out on stage on this like wrecking ball swinging from the roof in just a vest no and a way. pair of jocks <laughs> right but he's obviously been doing this in like Vicar Street and all them where it's like a proper stage a proper rig and you can actually set things up like this not in a community centre in Dundah, right? <laughs> that's where, hilarious where it's ceiling tiles and they've just attached a rope to one of the beams and said oh yeah she'll hold there now she's grand like. and he does that and he does a swing back like and imagine forth. his face looking at the crowd he does a swing back and forth maybe two times and a load of ceiling tiles come down and he's like that is not part of the show just <laughs> <laughs> brilliant like but, uh, yeah no, I think I've seen that with the uh, Angela Scanlon documentary with Jason Bourne mm-hmm. I think he did the wrecking ball thing in yeah, Edinburgh yeah, yeah, I think so. Like he's, I love him. I think he's hilarious. But Brilliant. I think it's weird as well, like because Tony Tony Hinchcliffe, our guest this week, is an American comedian, obviously, and there's a subtle difference between. And when I say subtle, it's as subtle as a sledgehammer, really. But kind of an American style of comedy and what we get over here, yeah, completely different. You know, completely it is completely different. different. Yeah, maybe that's what my expectation when I went to see Chris Rock. I went to see him in the Olympia, and uh, I was just kind of going. Mm, thought this was going to be a bit funnier. Yeah. But having said that, watching I've only just taken to watching uh, Kevin Hart stuff. Yeah, Kevin Hart. Oh Kevin Hart is God. one of the most popular guys on the planet at the moment. The dude can do no wrong for people. Like, but like his his just everyday talking cracks me up. Yeah. There's um, I'd have a couple of like American comedians that I'd consider like favorites if that makes sense that yeah. i'd watch a lot or i'd, I'd follow them and Hick, like, hicks i don't bill know hicks. i don't know if bill hicks was kind of i don't know if i came around to him too late or if i came around to him um just at a time where i'd built up a style that i already liked he's very dylan moran isn't he can, dylan moran's very bill hicks i can appreciate bill hicks but he's never uh, he, he won't ever now <laughs> He never made me belly laugh. He never made me actually proper 
laugh out loud. I think he got like a couple of smirks out of me and a giggle. Yeah. But never made me like actually proper. You know when you're laughing so hard, no sound comes out and you're struggling <laughs> to breathe. <laughs> yeah. That kind of laughter. Peter Kay laughter. That kind of laughter. I never got that with Bill Hicks. But I tell like, like obviously like Joe Rogan, who most people know from his podcast from the UFC, but he's a comedian. Yeah. Uh, I've seen him live a few times and I love Joe Rogan. Um, I've seen Tony Hinchcliffe live as well and I really enjoy Tony's show. Uh, Joey Coco Diaz is... He, he's so, huge, isn't he? So insane that he may just be the funniest man on the planet, but he's so crazy people are afraid to admit it. Like, some of the stories he has are incredible. I don't think he will ever come over here for... A gig? Uh, political reasons, slash security reasons, slash paraphernalia reasons really? I don't know um, I'd love if he did I would absolutely love if he did because he is hysterical man he is absolutely just check out his podcast check out some of his stand i tell you what's a great thing to do actually there's a show hosted by Ari Shafir who's another comedian called This Is Not Happening you'll get it on YouTube and it's basically just a load of comedians who go on to this show and they tell stories that are just so mental from on the road that the whole thing is like this is not happening and um some of the stories Joey Diaz tells on that are just he's a Cuban guy who came to America as a kid with his ma yeah. and grew up <laughs> near enough to New York some of the stories like living in kind of a Cuban community in New York with all this kind of gang stuff going on he's age 6 and 7 and saying things that 6 and 7 year olds shouldn't be seeing and it's how he tells these stories they're just I don't want to ruin them I actually would love people to go and check them out for themselves but that show is worth checking out. It's called This Is Not Happening. Ardy Shafir hosts it. And again, it's just comedians telling stories that are so crazy from when they're on the road that the whole premise was, we should make a gig out of this. And Comedy Central made a show out of it in the end. Very good. Um, another one is Bert Kreuzker. Have you ever heard of Bert Kreuzker? No. He is brilliant. Um, he used to host a travel show on the Travel Channel. I can't remember what it was called, but basically it was like he'd go to all these theme parks to test roller coasters. And it was just hilarious because he'd just get people to go on it with him who were afraid of heights and all. Like. No way. So it was all that. But he tells a story about going drinking with, you know, Tracy Morgan from 30 Rock? Yeah, yeah. He tells a story about going drinking with him. And <laughs> basically, it is just, it sums up Tracy Morgan so well and how mental he is. Like, I don't want to tell the story because I could never do it justice. Yeah, yeah, to. just watch but it. Exactly. If you just YouTube Bert Kreisker. Uh, Tracy Morgan story you gotta yeah it's just brilliant I, I, the American comedians I love would be like um, Chris Tucker and his stand up is hilarious um, I think he's actually signed on to do a Netflix special Chris Tucker weird, yeah which which is kind of weird because I don't think he's actually done like in America like over here obviously the thing is like you do a DVD or your tour yeah. kind of thing so like they're all bringing crowd tickler or Jason Bourne special lawyer, or yeah. all the Tommy Tiernan crooked man or whatever the case may be in America you do a special so it goes on like HBO or it goes on like Comedy Central or now Netflix so very good that's kind of another difference but I'm sorry go on do you ever um, what was I saying uh, oh Eddie Rich, Murphy Eddie Murphy Raw Eddie Murphy Raw yeah. unbelievable uh, but do you ever Richard Pryor <laughs> oh Richard Pryor god Richard Pryor is amazing. Some of his stuff is hilarious. Um, do you ever have you heard of the Australian comedian Chris Lilly? I haven't. He does shows now. These are must watch. Right. He does shows called. Uh, he has a show called Summer High Toy. Okay. He has a show called Angry Boys. We were heroes, and he basically it's he's kind of like a funnier australian harry enfield in terms of that type wow. of program i don't like harry enfield don't no you? see i'd see i don't like well i used to like harry enfield years ago but i, I didn't age like it didn't it doesn't age well doesn't like, age well like i watched kevin like when i watched kevin and perry when i was young i wet myself laughing if i watch that now i'd be like but this chris huh? lily takes takes the mickey out of stereotypical australians and it's absolutely hilarious so summer high toy um, angry boys we were heroes and um, what was the last one oh there's a there's the one jonah his character jonah as well Um did you ever see the australian show uh comedy show called kenny i've heard of it i might have watched maybe an episode of it but i've never seen it in enough detail to follow it like i what no it's only it's only a, it's a movie i think or is it is a it? show i've heard of it i and i remember seeing something <sighs> no wait do you know what i'm thinking of it's Sorry, I'm thinking of Eastbound and Down. Kenny uh, Powers. Kenny Powers, you're thinking of. <laughs> yeah, this Aussie yeah. lad, Kenny, 
and he's obsessed with um, party loos and toilets and he has a lisp <laughs> and he's hilarious oh, really? I, I, when I was living in Australia I watched it and I was in tears with laughter I had to watch it in subtitles because he had a lisp and I didn't get his, what he was saying but he's a, he's another lad well I don't watch him consistently but yeah. <laughs> I've seen his show does an American comedian or sorry an Australian comedian just uh, on the team of Aussies Aussie 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 Carl Barnum I think I have yeah Aaron's hilarious, man. I What's your Aaron. man that does the last leg on Channel 4? Adam Hills. Adam Hills. Yeah. He's hit and miss. Yeah, some of the stuff... I think the problem is he likes everything to have a feel-good message. Yeah. So almost everything he does, he has to then sort of create that into a positive message. And I'm like... It's not, It's almost not comedy, though. It's like, yeah. It's like yeah. a documentary or a comedy drama or... Yeah, it's weird. I, I, do you know what's... A, I'm sorry, this is because we're jumping because I, I get very <laughs> kind of excited and passionate about Khan because I love it. Like, I mean, yeah. who doesn't love to laugh? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the Kilkenny Cat Laughs, which I think is one of the best comedy festivals there is. Like, it's just, it is amazing. I seen Adam Hills, uh, Jason Bourne, and a guy called Hans Taywan, Dutch comedian, right. doing a show together um, in Kilkenny. And, like, I, I still to this day cannot describe. How <laughs> hilarious it was! Like, Deadly. Uh, Kenny Cat laughs. That gives you access to actually a lot of comedians that you wouldn't normally get. Like, there's comedians that maybe like they have a small following over here, but small enough to fill a room, but not big enough to do a big place like the Olympia. Like, you know, the, but the, the smaller ones are the best. I often find rooms that are maybe fifty to hundred people are the much better than large, large. Do you rooms. remember Andrew Maxwell made a show me when we had the same in the Ivy Gardens yeah. at the Vodafone Comedy Festival? Yeah, that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> But actually, another one who, and again, this is one that comes over uh, for the cat last, a guy called Dom Herrera. Don't think I've heard of him. Oh, either. man, I love Dom Herrera. But again, he's American and has that kind of slightly darker, slightly more adult kind of... Politically incorrect. Um, no, I, would you say politically incorrect? I think it's more just kind of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> dirt. Like, he's not afraid to tell that line of kind of adult humour, you know? Like, yeah, you might have to be in a certain mood for it. It might not be your thing at all. But, look, he's, he made me laugh quite a lot, I have to say. And I yeah. wasn't expecting it at all. And sometimes I love that. I love going in with absolutely no expectation at all and being blown away or just being caught in a moment that, you know. The International Comedy uh, Club out in town, the Bishops Club. Yeah, yeah. I've been out Andrew there. Andrew Stanley runs a night in it as well. I've been out there a few times and it's been brilliant. Yeah. Seeing um, the comedian, the Irish comedian, Colin McDonnell. Yeah, Colin McDonnell, yeah. Oh. I think he runs the Irish Mammy Twitter page. I think. Now no, I'm that's in... Colin O'Regan. Are you sure? Positive. Oh, Colin O'Regan ha- has a book out now, Irish Mammy. Oh, okay, well then, yeah. Sorry, I'm getting um, columns mixed up. You're getting your columns mixed that's up. That's what it is, yeah. But Colin, Colin McDonnell and yeah. Colin O'Regan. I'm getting me Colin and Colin's mixed up. <laughs> I think happens. I'm right. It happens. Happens. Happens to the best of us. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot. Look, there's a lot of good Irish comedians. Look, I'd say to anybody, if you haven't ever gone to just a random comedy night, like if you've only gone to kind of, you know, the Olympia or the Gaiety or Vicar Street or the Tree Arena slash O2 for a big comedian. Slash the just, point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> slash the point, Depot. Uh, look, go along to kind of a random, a random comedy night. Go along to... You know, a, a Hapenny Bridge, a, a Battle of the Axe, the International. Which you are a champion of. I, yeah, I won the, the, I think it's called the Lucky Duck or the Rubber Duck competition or something the like that. The Clapometer. Um, yeah, the Clapometer. I, I, I was victorious. There was only two of us out there, so it couldn't have been because of your crowd. No, that's true, yeah. Um, it was a good night, though. Deadly it. night. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's so many comedy nights around Dublin and around the country. And just go, and you'll get to see some proper gems. There's some Irish comedians that are just... Guy called Jerry McBride might be one of the funniest people I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Guy called Tom O'Manny might be one of the funniest people I've ever seen in my life. Who was the lad that was on the night you won that um, from Mead? Uh, kind of s- small man, bald head, moustache. He had kind of hair at the, along the sides. Oh. He's only like mid-40s or something, but he was John, absolutely hilarious. I want to say John something, but... You know who I'm on about, though? I think I know who you're talking about. He was if very funny. See, it's it's hard to remember, like, you know yeah. what I mean, so many... Because you, you, you fall out of contact with people, you know what I mean? But Marcus O'Leary is another one who, who I loved watching. Um, Charlotte Regan is hilarious. Charlotte Regan, yeah. Um, I once done a, a PG gig with Gar- Charlotte Regan, a daytime gig for kids. It was very weird. Did you? Yeah, it was, an, it was an open mic spot. Like, I had about four minutes and it was terrible. So I wouldn't expect... I would hope nobody remembers me from it. Because <laughs> it was awful. Because, like... 
it was kids and I'm awful with kids anybody's listening to this podcast now that have issues with kids I can't <laughs> I'm, I'm just no good at them I think it's because I've always been one of the youngest in my family like, they're no good with um, you they're no good at me they just look at me like I'm going to eat them they're baffled by this huge thing that's blocked out the sun and it's <laughs> towering over them they don't know how to handle the situation at all like um, but yeah uh, th- like there's so many good Irish comedians out there Max Lear said I think he DJs a lot more than he does comedy now but he still does the odd gig and he's, he's absolutely hilarious um, Rory O'Hanlon Ro- I think Rory's yeah. more so based in uh, in the UK it's a redhead fella is it uh, yeah, I think he's bald now but yeah, but yeah, he, is, yeah. he is ginger it started um, out red yeah, and then there's there's a comedy duo, and they're a musical duo, and that might put people off, but I would just say go and see them. They're called Totally Wired. Larkin, oh my God, they Larkin are brilliant. Hughes and Emmett, I can't remember Emmett's second name, and if, if he hears this, I'm sorry, but they have some of the best, best bits. The hip-hop lads. Is that the lads that sing the song? Like No, that's a band of men. Oh, sorry, that's yeah. who I'm talking about, Abandonman. No, Abandonman are good. Abandonman, my enthusiasm was for Abandonman, not Totally Wired. Well, Abandonman are good, but Totally Wired are better. Hardly. They are better, and Hardly. I mean that. They have so many good bits, like uh, Larkin and Emmett, and they're hilarious. But that's what I'm just saying, there's a wealth of talent out there in Irish comedy, and if people get out and support it, all the better. But look, Definitely check out the Comedy Festival of the Ivy Gardens. Yeah, Comedy Festival of the Ivy Gardens, Comedy Festival in Kilkenny. Um, there's just so many. The Roshi and Dove over in Galway, if you're over on the West Coast. And go check them out as well because you know there's, there's comedy festivals everywhere. It's a comedy and chapter. It is, and that's you chapter trucker though comedy. Absolutely, we're all about stand up comedy and making people laugh. And look, it's good for you too. You need to laugh in your life, man. You need to. Um, but look, I think it's a uh, near enough time that we get in touch with our guest this week, Tony Inch, Cliff. All right, so we've been joined by our guest, the Golden Pony himself. Tony Hinchcliffe. Tony, thanks, man, for giving us a bit of time this week. Really appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, you got it. Happy to happy to be with you. Happy to be on Ireland Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I was, we're, we're always going to talk about One Shot. Um, loved it, by the way. What, what's what's the story over on the West Coast and over in America? Has it gone down well? It's incredible. It's a game changer. Uh, you know, Netflix is place to be and it's so cool you know no commercials no advertisement it's just you know really great content and you know everybody has it and i've gotten an overwhelming response from it i'm really excited about it because the way that i shot it you know all in one continuous uh take has never been done before and it sort of keeps you in your seat i want people to not only start to watch my special but i wanted them to finish it too and uh I think the way that I shot it combined with how many jokes I pack in the hour uh, really facilitate that and help people chill out and really get to take their minds off all the crazy stuff happening in the world and have some laughs. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a good few uh, kind of belly laugh moments, you know, I'd say. Um, it's just something you said there. So is that where kind of the one-shot title came from, that it was filmed just in one go? Yep, exactly. I mean, there's a few extra meanings to it, you know, like sometimes you just get one shot at doing something that cool. And I took it, you know, I only had one show. So I only had one shot at getting the one shot. Um, You know, it's, uh, it's just a few, you know, there's a few hidden meanings in there. Okay, one shot, one kill, if that makes sense at all. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose, over here, you you might not be as well known as across mm-hmm. the water, um, but right. a, a lot of people would certainly know you from the Joe Rogan experience and um, from your own podcast, which is brilliant, by the way, Kill Tony. Um, mm-hmm. And what some people might realize is that you're one of the writers for the last number of comedy roasts on Comedy Central. So Yeah, do you guys get those out there? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, it's kind of, it's weird, like, how how do you find kind of going from writing for other people to then performing your own bits like? Well, you know, it's fun for me because I love comedy. I love everything about comedy. I love other comedians. All my friends are other comedians. So, you know, it's a lot of fun for me to get to crawl in somebody's head and perspective and get to help them roast. You know, I if I was doing the roast, 
I'd have to be myself. And, you know, my perspective is that of a new comedian who is confident, you know. Um, but to get to write from Martha Stewart's perspective and call, you know, say Natasha Leggero is the dirtiest hoe that I've worked with, you know, that's funny because she's a gardener. You know, she's, you know, you get to say and do different things, uh, you know, compared to doing it yourself, which I also, you know, could easily do and am waiting to do for those big roasts. But, you know, I have so much fun working with the other people. I've written for so many people on those roasts, going all the way back to five roasts ago. And it's just an absolute blast. Uh, it's like my favorite that part. My favorite time of the year is always during roast season. In fact, I shot my special literally one week after the Justin Bieber roast, one week to the day, because uh, I was just feeling good. You know, it's my time of the year to shine. Is really uh, roast season, and I'm you know it's fun to. As the years have gone on, my reputation in that world has just gotten bigger and bigger. You know, so when those roasts happen, you know, people come to me and they go, Tony, who's going to do the best? And, you know, they take their bets and they place them on uh, who they think's going to kill it the hardest. And, <laughs> you know, I told everybody during this last, this Justin Bieber roast, I go, keep your eye on Martha Stewart. She's the one. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, she came through all the way for me. She was so cool to work with and so much fun to write for. It was probably the highlight of my roast writing experiences. Wow, but this... I roast a lot of people in the flesh. You know, there's videos on YouTube you could probably find of me roasting the Iron Sheik, of me roasting Ron Jeremy. You know, I've done these big roasts that have interesting, you know, 90 stars on the dais and things like that that are a lot of fun. The Iron Sheik ones, uh, this is Graham Tony. Yeah, the Iron Sheik one, uh, really, I, I really enjoyed that because I'm a big pro wrestling fan like yourself. Um, I mean, me too, yeah. It's a lot of fun to get to roast a, an, an amazing historic bad guy like that. <laughs> put it, put the put. I told him he's. I told him he's such a nice guy. He'd give you the shirt off his head. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, the the timing for the Sheik around around that time as well. He was kind of trying to rejuvenate his career, so I think you helped him along the way as well. Yeah, you know, I just watched his. He has a he has a cool documentary on Netflix too that's worth checking out called The Sheik. I yeah, I watched, watched it, it recently. Actually, yeah. yeah. And if you uh, if you watch it with eleven minutes left in the in the thing, you'll see me in the background because I was hanging out with him in Toronto uh, before he went and made fun of uh, the mayor Rob Ford for eating cheeseburgers and smoking crack, <laughs> as the Iron Sheik called it. Um, but yeah, you know, hanging out with pro wrestlers, since that's what I watched as a kid, that was the art form that really got me into uh, comedy and, you know, having a real personality, was watching all those pro wrestlers. And if you look at my comedy style, it's sort of like a pro wrestling bad guy. Like, I don't mind people not liking me off of my appearance and off of my uh, swagger and confidence, you know, uh, I just let the jokes do the talking for me. And you know, I sort I sort of like pushing them back and pulling them back in. With 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 the pro wrestling background that you're a huge fan, how, how hard was it to turn down a, a role with Vince McMahon's WWE? It was uh, it was very very hard because one of the things I didn't have at the time was money. And that job paid a lot of money. And it was very, very hard for me to um, not only turn down the money, but like you're saying, you know, I, the 12-year-old me would have killed me had, the, had it known that the 28-year-old me was going to turn down that job. You know, uh, it just seemed like an absolute dream. But the truth is, guys, is when you're... Los Angeles stand-up comedian that does as many spots at nighttime as me. It's really hard to wake up in the mornings, and it's it would just be a totally different lifestyle working a nine-to-five job. I mean, it's even more than nine-to-five, those wrestling writing jobs. These work like 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., and then sometimes they travel with the wrestling. It would have just been miserable. It would have taken my soul from me, and I probably would have ended up working in the pro wrestling world forever you know part of the reason part of the chance that i took by not taking that job was to keep the focus on stand-up comedy and now that my special's out on netflix you know i accomplished what my goal was when i turned down that job um, absolutely so yeah. it, it worked out in the end 
Um, I suppose as well, the, the, obviously you mentioned there you were a fan of pro wrestling as a kid and you said what a big fan of comedy you're, you are. So you grew up in a place called Youngstown in Ohio, um, which an awful lot of people, especially again over here, might be a little bit ignorant, but I mean, I only know of Youngstown through a Bruce Springsteen song. So how right. how did you go from a town like that to, as you said, LA, kind of big comedian with with taking rooms every night and literally holding them in the palm of your hand. How did how did you manage to get there? Well, you know Youngstown from the Bruce song, but if you know if you were here, a lot of people here know the truth about Youngstown. Just Bernstein says it is such a depressing place. If you listen to the lyrics, it's all about the steel mills and how you know empty the entire city is mm. very very dangerous city when i was growing up the most dangerous city i come from the most dangerous intersection of that dangerous city uh, uh gun hole, bullet holes shot through my house you know regularly my place would get robbed jesus by thieves you know vcr nintendo tv this and that they would take yeah um and I think that helped me a lot. Another thing about Youngstown is all the best, uh, back in the day, all the best boxers were from there. Uh, Ray Boom Boom Mancini was from the same street as me. He killed a guy in the ring. He's the reason why boxing is 12 rounds and not 15 rounds, because wow, he yeah. killed a man named Dooku Kim at Caesars Palace on a Sunday afternoon in front of America, live on mainstream television. Wow. Um, and uh, Kelly Pavlik and Harry Arroyo and all these great fighters come from there because it's such a tough neighborhood that you literally have to fight to get out of it. Anyway, my point is this, is that I think Youngstown helped me with this because, uh, you know, I knew that I had to keep fighting. I knew that I had nowhere safe to move back to. You know, I had to make it. I had to do something. I had to make an impact because going back to Youngstown with my tail between my legs simply isn't an option. You know, I don't know where Conor McGregor is from exactly in Ireland, but I'm guessing it's not the fanciest part. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, good detective work, in fairness. He's not from uh, an affluent kind of area anyway. Um, right. I, suppose- I, I, think that th- I think that that has a lot to do with work ethic and things like that. I think that when you're from a, tough, a tougher area, mm. um, it, it gives you this uh, hard backbone makes you fully aware that you just have to keep working that nothing is easy and so i give youngstown a lot of credit from that if i was from a big city or something like that i don't know i might be a little bit lazier i might like taking vacations more and i might like playing video games more but the truth is is that you know i just keep grinding because i know that you know i have a good life right now but that it can be bad at any moment so that keeps me sort of fired up brilliant um as well as in you obviously would have a lot of tour dates across uh, North America, but have you any plans afoot to come over to Europe, in particular Ireland, but anywhere further afield than America at the moment? I don't, I don't yet. But if you talk to any of your friends out there that own clubs or theaters or bars, I'd be happy to come out. I mean, I did a, uh, I did a gig with Joe Rogan in Las Vegas uh, the night before one of the Conor McGregor fights. Yeah, I was there. It was brilliant. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, did, did you did you come to the meet and greet afterwards? Oh, I did, actually, yeah. I met yourself and Tom Segura oh. and Joe Rogan. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was a great night. Yeah, and what blew my mind at that meet and greet, which we always do with Joe Rogan, afterwards he'll take time to take pictures with everybody, and mm. I sort of stand near him. You know, I don't want to bother. I don't want to interrupt anybody's pictures or anything, but what I was amazed by was how many... You know, I mean, those Conor McGregor fights, obviously, needless to say, are always packed with Irish people. Yeah. And I was amazed and humbled and honored at how many uh, people knew me and knew my podcast and knew everything about me. Um, and, uh, you know, it's obvious that you guys have a very, very, very high tolerance for edgy, fun, you know, hard jokes. You know what I mean? Like, you guys yeah. like it hard, you know. 
you don't I, like I uh, you don't like airplane jokes. You like <laughs> what we're doing for you, and no, uh, you know I get that and I appreciate that. So I'd love to come and visit. You guys got to hook it up. Talk to your friends. Let's yeah, get it going. You should. Um, I know like Bill Borders came over here. He's played a venue called uh, Vicar Street. I think that would be a great spot for you. But uh, Dom Herrera, I think you, you'd obviously know Dom. I'd say talk to him about. There's a festival here. Uh, it takes place in uh, an area called Kilkenny. Uh, it's a comedy festival called Ooh. the Kilkenny Cat Laughs. Um, I, I think, man, you should definitely talk to Don oh, Herrera about that. I love that. that. Maybe maybe we'll bring Kill Tony to Kill Kenny. That would be, oh, that would be amazing. That would actually be, <laughs> that would be so cool. Yeah, a load of Irish comedians on Kill Tony. That would actually be brilliant. Um, yeah, I, I love it. Dom Herrera is one of my most used guests on Kill Tony. He's just the funniest, absolute funny, one of the funniest human beings on the planet. Absolutely. And, um... Yeah, I'm definitely going to talk to him about that because you Irish people, you have hard laughs. You have good hearty laughs. I don't know if it's just all the beer or what it is, but you guys, you guys really let it rip. Oh, definitely, man. We look, we love a good laugh over here. Um, but yeah, we'd love to see you over here. Um, so if you ever do, give us a shout on Twitter as well, and we'll uh, we'll make sure that we're there and we we'll bring a good crowd too. Um, oh, definitely. I, I suppose then, Tony. But before we let you go, um. Uh, do you have any tour dates coming up yourself across America? Um, across America, yes. I'm doing uh, Seattle, Chicago, uh, Vancouver, Canada, um, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, San Diego. All these dates are coming up. They're all available at TonyHingecliffe.com. Brilliant. And is there any indication on to who's next for the comedy roast? No, we find out about that uh, literally a few weeks before we shoot it. So that, that can happen at any point. I'm waiting on the call. It could be any day now. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that I'd like to see. I wouldn't mind Kanye West. Um, I think that'd be a very fun one because I think Definitely. he's just great and, uh, you know, diabolically entertaining. <laughs> um <laughs> There's a, there's a, you know, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Bieber was a really big one for us, so I think yeah. that uh, the next one should be big too. Definitely. Well, we look forward to hearing about it anyway. Um, Maybe Conor like, McGregor. You think he'd be down for that? If you got Conor McGregor on it, I think it would break records. He's all about those numbers, you know? Um, he really is, man. <laughs> I mean, it gives, you know, one of the coolest things is that Conor McGregor is the most exciting guy to watch here in America. You know, it's not just for you guys. He's the most exciting guy here. And the reason why is because, you know, when I've gone to those UFCs, nothing gives you the chills, like the energy in the room, those chants, those soccer chants, and those flags flying. I mean, you guys have so much pride. And, you know, that's another Youngstown thing. So I guess it reminds me of my roots is like, you know, it's a fighter's place, and, and having that kind of pride, it's just absolutely inspiring and powerful, and it's the most exciting thing to watch. So, Brilliant. you know, I consider myself an honorary Irishman every time <laughs> Conor McGregor fights. <laughs> <laughs> we'll consider you one too, Tony. And just, I suppose, really I quickly, sorry, I, I know we nearly have to let you go, but you were in Australia for the head kick heard around the world when Ronda got knocked oh. out. How, how crazy oh was God. that? It was unbelievable. You know, one of the parts with working with Joe is that we also go to the weigh-ins the day before. And those weigh-ins were interesting because I've seen Rhonda before. Normally, she's very focused and, you know, just about business. And she was very, uh, I don't know, dramatic. It was for no reason either. Holly was being very respectful and and Rhonda just seemed out of her element. And Joe and I started talking that night, even though, you know, at the time, Everybody says that they knew Holly was going to win. Oh, you can't beat a striker. You know, everybody says that now. Yeah. But nobody was saying that that night. But Joe and I were having that conversation that Rhonda seemed a little bit out of it, you know. And she came in the next day, same way, you know, the same way. And I'm not against Rhonda Rousey, you know. I'm not, I, I wasn't going into that a Holly home fan. I was going crazy because I wanted to be part of sports history. I knew that if Holly Holm could beat Ronda Rousey, that then all of a sudden I was sitting front row at the fight that everybody would be talking about and everybody would be thinking about. So, you know, it was like being at, uh, you know, at some crazy historical event, you know, 
because Ronda at the time was considered completely unbeatable. Yeah. And I'm just the luckiest guy in the world for getting to go to these fights and working with Joe Rogan. It's just the most exciting thing. And as, as every time I go to one, I become a bigger and bigger fan. You know, you learn more and you get more and more into it. And, uh, yeah, it was like the highlight of my year last year was being in Australia, which was an amazing place uh, and just a lovely, lovely place to visit. But uh, that that Holly home kick, oh, my God. I mean, and I was right there, by the way. You know, the octagon, obviously eight sides. That was right in front of me. Like, yeah. I, I could have, I could have... You know, I could have sneezed and it would have hit Holly Holmes' <laughs> right planted foot. You know, it would have been crazy. But uh, it was unbelievable. And the noise that it made and watching, yeah. you know, I took a second after the initial shot to look around and see what was happening. And it was the first time and only time I've ever seen Joe Rogan and Mike Goldberg both standing. They were standing up, leaning against the table in front of them holding themselves up because it was almost like they couldn't believe what they had just seen. And I also think they were, you know, considerate of Ronda Rousey's health. You know, they wanted yeah. to make sure that she got up because dude, that kick was vicious. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It was insane. We were only watching it on the TV and it was just insane. So to be literally a sneeze away, as you so yeah. well put it, that's crazy. We all woke up. We all woke up with sore necks the ne the next day just from seeing that. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> well, look, Tony, we're out of time with you, but just again, thank you so much, man. Um, if people want to hear more from you and get you on Twitter, where can they find you? Tony Hinchcliffe, all one word. Tony H plus inch Cliff plus E. Perfect. And then, of course, they can always check out Kill Tony on iTunes and um, mm -hmm. and. Obviously, the Netflix special one shot. Check it out on YouTube. And when you come to Ireland, man, we want to see. It's going to be great. Um, Definitely. Tell your tell all your friends about one shot. We're trying to start a revolution. <laughs> well, we're on board. We're on board. I love it. Perfect. Thank Listen, you so much, guys. Thanks, Tony. Have a great one. Take care. You too. Go Ireland. Go Conor McGregor. Ole, <laughs> ole, ole. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks, Tony. So there you have it. That was the golden pony himself. Tony Hinchcliffe um, check him out on Twitter everybody has Netflix these days hashtag Netflix and chill with WTS pod it's great um, that he um, like I, I bet you there's a few listeners now who will say Jesus that's your man who wrote the, the, the roasts yeah the comedy and like again I would have loved to have longer with him to talk more about it I suppose we tried yeah. to touch on as much uh, and I know the Wi-Fi was was dipping in and out a little bit so apologies for uh, the bits that dropped out of that but um, we're not editing yeah. it you'll make it out <laughs> oh, Roy, yeah. he, he's such a sweet dude and as I said um, you can check him out on Netflix it's called One Shot um, you can YouTube him um, check out his podcast Kill Tony But it, it, I thought the interesting part about him as well was being a, an American pro wrestling fan all most of his life Yeah, gets the opportunity to work with Vince McMahon and creative for the year being offered yeah. He's been offered silly money for a year, and he turned it down. Absolutely, yeah. That, like, as he said himself, twelve-year-old him must hate him. Right <laughs> yeah, because like, that's crazy. That but, is crazy. But I suppose that but just like, goes to show, doesn't it? Like how how strong his passion is for comedy, and yeah, absolutely. To stick with it, and he mentioned there, obviously, Youngstown made him kind of that fighting spirit, and that. So obviously, that's why he said, "No, I won't get comfortable there. I'm going to go and prove what I need to do." You yeah, know. Yeah fascinating i would have loved longer with him because yeah. even the stuff you're saying about growing up in youngstown it sounds like a hard place and even i can't remember the boxer he said but even that little tidbit about the the, the reason that it's 15 or 12 rounds not 15 because of that fight even that i'm like this let, dude is fascinating but he wants to come over so why don't me and you make it happen him and joe rogan performing in dublin that'd be amazing <laughs> in association with what's the story podcast that would be amazing um might, might look into that. Yeah, right? let's, we might let's, look. let's have a look at them. Let's have a look, yeah. An American festival, and we'll get some, some of the guys over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, Tony Hinchcliffe, thank you very much. That was amazing. Really enjoyed that. Um, what have we got now, Graham? We're, we're, how, oh, Jesus, look at the time. We're running out of time, Daniel. We actually are, Graham. This is, this is incredible. Chapter Trucker, though. Chapter 32, uh, a shorter but sweeter chapter this week. Um, and as we said, next week we're bringing you all the... Uh, 
the ins and outs of the battleground of Dunleary for the general election. So then for those who responded to us. Yeah. Ah, we didn't ask him who he's voting for. Tony? Yeah. In the ah, big yeah. presidential. There was so much in so little time. Yeah. Ah, sure, look. He, I, I love him. I think he's a great guy. Um, found out a little bit when he was talking about the comedy gig he'd done before. UFC 189. Uh, you were there, yeah. And I was there, and I got to meet him. Tom Segura is another uh, comedian who, when we were talking about comedians earlier, I should have talked to Tom Segura. I was in the bar, was I? I think you were. <laughs> I think you were crowd surfing at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. You're, going, you're going back to Vegas soon. I am. Without me. Well, not, I don't you want to go. You better, behave, you. You better behave yourself. You're sharing a room with your brother again. I know. Yeah, God bless you and save you. It's going to be another experience. Although the last time was grand. Yeah, but he just he just goes on um, little naps. Like he's without, he just dips in and out of consciousness. Like yeah, which sounds horrendous and scary, but not not Jono. Jono's all right, right? It's <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jono. You were talking to me a second ago. Yeah, it's two o'clock yeah. in the day. Yeah, he's brilliant. Like he is absolutely brilliant. I, I love Jono. He's yeah, he should be all right. He'll bring us. Sleep mask yoga. He has a he has a sleep apnea, so he has to wear this deadly mask thing that keeps him alive. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about it so jovial. So yeah, except well, so does he, man. He's you know he just he gets on with it. He's a trooper. He's brilliant. He better bring it. No better man to to go to Vegas with. He knows Vegas like the back of his hand at this yeah. point. He's everything. Like I'm, I'm going in July, and uh, he's planning it for me. Like, he's literally, like, down to a T. Like, man, go here, check this out. Look, this hotel's better, it's cheaper, go, this, that. But you've been before as well. I have, yeah, but Jono, like, Jono lives for Vegas. Yeah, he's, he does, doesn't he? He's a wealth of knowledge on it, and sure, look, he's, he's done a lot for me to get me there more than once, and I suppose I, I, I owe him, I guess, you know? Get him, bring him back something good. You do you do shop for our presents when you're away don't you I do yeah yeah I am I'm, I'm traditional in that sense so I, I like to even if it's just a fridge magnet I bring home for somebody I'd oh no I don't do uh, holiday presents do you not know? no I used to do it the last few times I've gone away I've gone away uh, sans mon petit ami so uh, huh? without the girlfriend alright <laughs> So yeah, but you're only licking her, so I'm getting bringing her something home. Of course, yeah, because I know I've just been to Vegas, and she's gonna box the head off me if I come home empty-handed. So I have to get her something good. You know what I mean? Uh, although one year I got to go to Vegas, she got to go to Russia, which is a fair trade-off. Yeah, you were supposed to go to Russia. <laughs> I was, but I didn't get a visa. <laughs> well, well, I applied for a visa, but they wouldn't let me in. <laughs> so it was result? Like, yeah, well, oh, I don't know the result. I would have loved to have gone to uh, to Russia and uh, seeing. The beautiful parts of Siberia. That's uh, I will one day. I've no doubt about it. You'll probably uh, get married there. You know, a Russian wedding. Be the great crack. I'd love it. I'm not going. Why not? Because I won't get a visa. You will. I'll pretend I won't get a visa. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, I didn't get a visa. I can't go. Yeah. I won't actually. I must have that conversation with her. Do you want to get married here? Or, ah, no, I'm going to miss it. No, don't. If she listens to this, she's going to batter me now. <laughs> Daniel! Yeah, that's how I know I'm in trouble. When I hear Daniel... That's when I'm in trouble. Anyway, look, we're more or less done. Um, Graham, what would you like to say to people at home? Nothing. Nothing at all? No, I'm done, man. I just want to say that I've gone entire uh, chapter um, after week one of the Six Nations and not brought up rugby once. Uh, that, that's a good sign. Uh, Shane Fitzpatrick would be happy. <laughs> yeah. Shane Fitzpatrick tweeted us last week to advise that if we talked about rugby, he would switch off. <laughs> um, we take we take listener feedback on board. <laughs> um, so here I am not talking about how Ireland drew with Wales. And here I am not talking about how France poxed past Italy. And here I am not talking about what a boring match England versus Scotland was. I'm also not going to talk about the <laughs> fact that Ireland will have played France by the time people are listening to this. It'll be Valentine's Day. Um, and that, you know, I would like to see Ireland top of the Six Nations this weekend. But you're not going to talk well. about it. But I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about the fact that uh, Johnny Sexton took another knock to the head. And we've or Paul O'Connell retired. Or Paul O'Connell has retired and, and, and hashtag thanks Paulie. You know, I'm not going to talk about any of this. I'm not going to talk about the fact that, you know, Zebo's injured and... There's a lot of players out injured. But well done, Shane. Open. He's not going to talk about it. So I'm not going to talk about any of that, Shane, um, this week. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners, we do take your tweets on board. So if you have any other feedback that you want me to do a section on what I'm not going to talk about this week, I'll be more than happy to do that for you. And we have a great uh, Patrick's Day special lined up. We do. We with have. someone special. 
Special to us. Special Might not be us. special to you. Special to us, and we're hoping by the end of it all, it will be special to you too. Um, we're looking forward to Patrick's Day special. We're basically going to be doing it on the angle of why being Irish is hashtag turbo deadly. <laughs> you love your hashtags. I love hashtags. I'm a Twitter user, man. I live for Twitter. Turbo. <laughs> turbo deadly. Do you remember there was a show on RT called Dan and Bex? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really enjoyed it. Do you remember there was a Skanger version called yes, Sarah and Steve? Steve. Yeah. That's where Turbo Deadly comes yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of it where he's like, yeah, there is nothing in the world that cannot be improved by putting the word Turbo in front of it. Turbo Minty Fresh. <laughs> and he's like, where are you going with your Turbo, ma? What's that, Turbo? And he just keeps going and he goes, Turbo Deadly. That's yeah. way better. <laughs> I really enjoyed that, actually. Yeah, me too. I was raising it was only kind of a, a, a short series. Yeah, six episodes or something. Yeah. but uh, RT only ever really commissioned the six episodes, don't they? They're weird. Although that new one with uh, Bernard O'Shea and Jennifer Yoke, what's that called again? Bridget. Bridget Naiman. That's six episodes. Is it only six? I think it so. It seems to be getting good reviews. I haven't watched it yet. It's good. I enjoyed it. It's, um, it's quite... Um, like it was a spin-off from the Republic of Telly. Yeah. And it, it was a hell watching two, three minute skits. Um, it, I, uh, I don't know whether it's consistently funny for the 30 minutes, mm. but I think she, she plays the role hilarious. I think it. Uh, I think it's loosely based on her man and And her man dad's name is Bridget Naiman. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer <laughs> McGuire. Brilliant. Yeah. I must actually check it out. I think she's very funny, Jennifer McGuire. Yeah, and the man, she came from The Apprentice, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. She's real, she's real evil. I'd love to get her on the show, actually. We Actually, do you know what? We will. We'll put in a call. We'll see if we can get Jen McGuire. Yeah. That'd be a good one. Let's work on that. Uh, look, we are out of time for this week. Remind our people, um, if you can get from Michael Collins to Candy Floss on Wikipedia in five clicks, you win a t-shirt, a brand new WTS pod t-shirt. And just a reminder, of course, that we are brought to you by... Fitzpatrick's Castle in Colony, and just a reminder that if you book a party in the Dungeon Bar during the month of February, you'll receive free complimentary finger food for you and all your guests. Get on it, get up here for a Six Nations match, get up here for a, a bit of football or whatever, onto the Dungeon Bar, let them know we sent you, book a party, free finger food, cocktail sausages, all the other things comes in a platter, I guess. Happy Valentine's Day to all those lovely ladies. That's it. Happy I'm Valentine's free Day. and single. Ready to mingle. Okay. It baffles me or single. <laughs> if I was if I was a girl though. If I was, it baffles me. If I was a session ma. <laughs> session Motsky. The session ma. Hashtag Torbo Deadly again. Um yeah, look, we're done. We're out. Uh you can check out us on Twitter at WTS Pod on Facebook. We are Facebook.com forward slash WTS Pod Ireland. We are there. You can check us out on iTunes, WTS Pod, all our previous chapters with great guests. And uh, and sometimes just me and Graham. Sometimes me, Graham, and that girl that used to be here. What was her name again? I can't even remember. Linda. <laughs> me, Graham, and Linda, back in the day. Ligia, was it? Could have been. Uh, Somebody remind us. Somebody remind us. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the HSS. No, the HSS, remember that? Oh, it's gone. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. H.S.S. R.I.P. Lindsay. Well, she's not actually. Hi, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lindsay's getting ready for our fight next she week. She is, yeah. Open Saturday. Belfast. Open Belfast. It's on Saturday, so people tweet her. Good luck. It's our Absolutely. At Lindsay Doyle PT. We'll, we still love her. and We wish her well. Uh, we'll keep you updated on our fight and all yeah. that. So, But, lads, uh, g- yeah, give her a bit of love. Let her know that, that you're still uh, your partner. And, that and you remember her. Well. You wish well in the fight. Um, and you can check us out, of course, on Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Podcast Republic, anywhere and everywhere. Just search WTS Pod, and we're there. I'm at Dan Joe Murray. He's at American Mania. This has been What's the Story Podcast, Chapter 32, with the Golden Pony, Tony Hinchcliffe. Until next week, adios. Good night and God bless. <laughs>